It is good to be in church tonight. I think winter is coming back with an attitude, and it wants to do a little bit of uh, freezing rain before the snow comes, but it is good to be in church tonight. Romans 6, verse 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Somebody say obey. All the kids should say obey. <laughs> Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You may be seated. I want to teach or preach a little bit on the war within. The war within. You know, there's been lots of battles and lots of wars. One and, and ones that have not been won in the past throughout history. Um, there's wars going on in the world right now as we speak. There's people that are dying and people that do not have peace, do not have joy. They don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But with that being said, the greatest war that we will fight in our lives is not an external war. The war that will define us one day will be the war that is within there's a war inside of us between our spirit and our flesh, the spirit of God and our flesh. There's a war warring every single day, and we can only overcome our flesh in this war, war by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 6, 13, neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. So Paul's talking here and he's saying, he's, he's talking to the, the Romans and he's letting them know, do not yield to your flesh. Don't yield to your members um, of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and, you, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So if we're going to yield ourselves to anything, the Bible lets us know that we ought to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, not to the flesh, not to that old man, which is by design and our default, we just go back to that. It's something that takes work. It's something that's not easy. And it's something that we all battle every single day is this war within. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? That, that carnality, that old man trying to rise up to the surface again. So Paul's saying, listen, do not yield your members to unrighteousness, but instead yield them as instruments of righteousness unto God. Overcome evil with good. Do right and not fulfill the flesh. Galatians 5.16 says this, Paul says, this I say, then walk in the spirit. Somebody say walk in the spirit. Now, that's not always easy, is it? Sometimes it's a little hard to walk in the Spirit. And it says, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That, that's, you know, if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So it's, it's a battle. Our flesh and our spirit, they do not mix. It's not like Kool-Aid. 
where it tastes good and you put sugar and a powder and water and, and then you have a good substance, something that, that tastes good. It's like oil and water. They don't mix at all. They're contrary to each other. Um, and we fight this battle every single day. But I believe it is important to recognize that there is a war going on inside of us. And I think that sometimes that's the hardest thing to come to reality and to grips with is that we do have a war that we fight every day. And no matter what, we're not exempt from it. We're not exempt from that. And I will say this, and once you realize you're in a war, and once we have dedicated our life to God, and we want to be pleasing to God, and we want to live a holiness lifestyle separated from the world and do the things of God, it doesn't make it any easier either. Matter of fact, that's where that war just intensifies. It gets harder and harder because now you have the Spirit of God working and moving, something that you yielded to and something that you surrendered to, and, it, and it's tugging you and it's pulling on you, but because of the fall of man... We have the flesh and the carnality that we fight also. And it's so vital to come to a place that we recognize that there is a battle that we fight every single day. And we must realize what our flesh is and what the spirit of God is. There's benefits to the spirit of God and it'll give us peace and joy and long suffering. It will guide us and lead us into truth. But the only way that's going to happen in our lives is if we surrender to that. Everybody say surrender. That's hard. Surrendering is hard. It's very hard. First um, Timothy 6.12, talking about how we are in a fight. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Second Timothy 4.7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And, I, and more than anything in my life is I, when I, my life's over and everything's said and done and everything's gone, I want to hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. All these things in the world that, that shine like gold and that glitter, they're not real and they really don't matter. And I don't want to get sidetracked with things that do not matter and get distracted with those things. But I, I believe that we need to recognize that we're in a fight and not forget that we have this fight that we go through every single day, this war within. Um, it is crucial during these times that we keep our faith in God as we continue to fight. And there will be days where the, 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 the fight doesn't seem like it's that bad. There will be other days where it just feels like, man, is this day ever going to end? Is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to get over this hump? Am I, am I always going to continually, you know, struggle at this? I'm trying as hard as I can. I need to get over this. There's days like that, but then there's days that just are good. There is good days, and, it's, and it seems to be easier, and, and it is easier, but we must remember to keep our faith and to continue walking in the Spirit as we go through this. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith 
and not by sight. Now, isn't that true in life? Where there's times and there's seasons and there's, there's chapters in our life where we just, God does not just show us uh, everything we would like to see. And there's, there's times in life where God gives you just enough to keep you going. It gives you just enough to keep you going. Just enough to keep your faith strong in him. And even though that there's days where you feel like your faith is wavering and, and you have no faith, we must remember that the Bible lets us know that we're all given a measure of faith. The enemy wants nothing more to make you think that you do not have the faith it takes to have a relationship with God. The enemy wants us to give up. The enemy wants us to, to surrender to our desires and our wants. And he wants us to follow after our heart and do what feels good. But what feels good to my flesh and what my heart wants is contrary to what the word of God says. It's contrary to what the spirit of God speaks to us. It goes against the grain. And there will be times where we do get tired. But during these times, we must lean on God and trust in him. And this is why it's so crucial to build up a relationship with God. Is to communicate with God every day, to get into prayer, to get into his word, to seek his face, to do devotions, to come to churches. Because when we do that, we're not doing it in vain. We do it to build a relationship up with God. Because what happens is, is when I have a relationship with God, then I trust God. I have a, I have a relationship with my wife. And, and, and because of the years that we've gone through marriage and the trust that we've built and the confidence that we've built in each other, I trust her. I trust her. And that takes time and that takes energy and it takes work day in and day out and day in on the good days and on the bad days and, and on the days that you don't want to be a husband, you don't want to go to church, you still keep fighting that fight. Why? Because it's a good fight to fight. Because there is a cause and there is a place prepared for us that God is preparing for us and that we want to see. But we continue to fight this good fight. And when it gets hard, we trust God. We lean on him because we have built a relationship and we have an encounter and an experience with God. And if you're here today and you've never experienced the spirit of God, it is God's will for you to experience that, to have an encounter with him. Because I let me tell you what, it makes the whole difference. It makes the world a difference of having that experience and that relationship and that encounter with God. It makes it real. It makes it personal. It makes it personal when we do that. Hebrews 12.1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So we are in a race, and there are weights that will try to weigh us down, but then there's sin also. Those weights are not always necessarily sin, but there are things that do weigh us down in life. Like Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient 
You know, there's things in my life that I have to be careful with. There's things in my life where I've had to uh, remove myself from because it was not expedient for the kingdom of God. It was not beneficial for my relationship with God. It was not necessarily sin, but it did not draw me closer to God. It's kind of like those principles pastor talked about on Sunday. Does it draw me close to God? What I'm doing, what I'm listening to, what, who I'm surrounding myself with and who I'm allowing to influencing me, is it drawing me closer to God or further away from God? And I think that's a good thing to ask ourselves. So there's weights in life that draw our um, relationship with God further away, and it's, and it's not good. But then there's just things in our life which are sin, which so easily beset us, the, the writer writes in Hebrews. And he says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It's, you see, it's not a sprint, but we must have patience in this. Because there's times where we have to have patience with God. You know, it's, God has patience with us. God, God has patience with me every day. I can be hard-headed. And there's times where God requires patience from me and from us. And during those times, we must remember there is a reason and there is a cause why we're doing this. And I must be patient in this. Verse 2 is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when we go through things, hard situations, at least from my point of view, um, I know I've done this, and I know um, I've seen other people do this also, and it's, it's kind of just... Uh, a human, human nature to do this, but when we go through hard things, sometimes it seems like it's easier to isolate yourself than it is to just deal with it. Sometimes it's easier to isolate. When you're going through something, you just kind of tend to isolate yourself and you kind of tend to, to fall back a little bit. And, and we're, so, we're soldiers in Christ and, and we're in war. And I, when a, a soldier falls back in war, then the other soldiers have a hard time keeping up. And, th- and this is the beauty of the body of Christ is we need each other. And the, you know, the Bible says to mourn with them that are the mourn and, and, and to rejoice with those that rejoice. So if there's someone in the body of Christ, one of our soldiers, one of our fellow soldiers, our brother and our sister, and we see that they're struggling, we see that they might be off just a little bit and they're kind of isolating themselves or, you know, that would be a good time to go and talk to them. Maybe have lunch with them. Reach out to them. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, there's been times where I've done that and I have, and it's, it's, it's pride, but I, I would have a hard time going up to someone saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling or I had a bad day. My mentality is I'll just figure it out. I'll get through it. I'll just put my chin up in the air and I'll keep fighting, but that's pride. Uh, and we need each other. And that, like I said, that, that's the purpose of the body of Christ, to lift up each other. So if, if um, we see one, uh, one of our fellow soldiers and we can tell that there's something going on, they're, you know, they're just kind of off, I think it's good and it's biblical to go and talk to them, pray for them, 
um, you know, have lunch with them. It, it, I, I will say this, even if you just have lunch with them and you might not even talk about what's bugging that person, I know a lot of times that just helps in itself. It, could, it can be kind of a way of escape and, and you just, just to sit there and talk and know someone cares enough to sit there and have lunch with you. That, that means a lot, especially when you're going through something hard. Does that make sense? Um, just being really transparent tonight uh, because human instinct is to isolate yourself. And the reality is, is that we're not, we're not an island. We're the body of Christ and we're fitly framed together. And we ought to be fitly framed together. And when one member of the body isolates or starts to lack in the body, the rest of the body is affected by that. You know, the rest of the body will fight harder for that um, because the other part is a little bit weaker. So there's times where the body has to fight it. Um, if you get an infection in your body, if you're sick, your body naturally tries to fight that sickness off. Um, and that's a good thing. But we must remember, oh, time's up, huh? <laughs> we must remember to keep fighting. Um, there are times when God delivers us instantly from certain things, okay? And I've experienced this. There's times, and I believe in the miraculous, I believe in faith, and, and I've, I've had instant deliverance. God took my drug addiction and other addictions away immediately. Like there was no questions asked. I, mean, I did not desire to smoke a cigarette, to drink any alcohol, to do any drugs after I received the Holy Ghost. It was instant. But there were other things that God did not deliver me from instantly. And what I've realized is there are things that God delivers us from. He'll break the chains of addiction. He'll deliver us from instantly. But then there are times where we must endure some things. And it's just a process to overcome certain things in our life. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because... If we do it the right way, what happens is we allow God to shape us and mold us and refine us during that process. During the process of us, I don't like to use the word struggle, but during that process where we're going through something, we're going through a trial, we're going through something like that, God will reveal things to us in that. Some of my greatest spiritual moments and greatest spiritual growing moments have been when I went through the fire. Is I had to just go through it and God started showing me things and I, and I had to get rid of things and it hurt, but it was necessary. It was absolutely, I would have never learned any of that if God would have just delivered me instantly when I've asked him to. See, that's where that patience comes in, where God's patient with us, so we must be patient with him. And we must remember that there is a cause. It's not just for not, it's not just because I'm going through something and God's forgotten about me and that's why I'm struggling. No, there, there's a reason why. And even if I caused that, I've caused so many things in my life, so many struggles in my life. I believe there's man-made um, trials in our life and then there's God-given trials in our life and there's a, a lot of times in my life where I've I am the one that brought the hardship on me I'm the one that caused it but the mercy of God in the love of God turned what the enemy meant for evil into good 
But if I would have quit, and some of you, if you would have quit during that process, you would have never been pruned and refined the way God wanted to do it. But there's power in that. There's a reason why we go through those things. And I'm just, I, I, it goes beyond my understanding, the mercy and love of God. I, I don't understand the love of God. I, I don't understand where, how I can do something wrong, maybe um, react the wrong way in a certain situation, but God still has love and mercy to teach me a lesson in that. So we must remember to be patient during that fight. And that it's not always going to be an instant deliverance. And I'm not trying to take away from miracles. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take away from miracles. I'm, not, I'm just saying that there's something very special that happens in that trying of your faith. There's something very special. This, and I'll tell you what, hey, this is where you learn trust. <laughs> That's where you learn trust. That's where you learn that God's not going to leave you. And that's where you learn that, you know what? I can't always rely on things that I think are going to help me out. I can't always rely on humanity. I can't always rely on my job or, or what I think is going to be the best for me. But what I do need to rely on is I need to rely on the word of God and I need to rely on God. And I must believe and have faith that he has the best intentions for me and my family. And I'm here to tell you that he does. He got a purpose for every single purpose, per person in here. There's a purpose. There's a special anointing. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, there's one. There's purpose for the pain. There's purpose in the pain. And going through this, fighting this war within, when the flesh gets the best of us, we can't just give up. When, the, when our flesh gets the best of us and, and we, we fall down, we make a mistake, we must remember to get up. Failures is, they're not fatal, but failures is what helps us to grow in God. And I will say this, a lot of times what we think failures are, I don't think God thinks it's failures. We're our worst enemy. <laughs> We're our best critic. And this is why Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay? There, there's no condemnation if you're walking after the spirit and not the flesh. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do. Why? Because it's weak through my flesh. What the law could not do because it was weak because it was up to our flesh to fulfill it. God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh. That's why Jesus, that's why God manifested himself and put on flesh for our sins and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. He was tempted and he was tried just like us but without sin. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God, without blemish, without sin. And he took it to the cross for us. And one of the reasons he did that is so we would have access to his spirit. 
We would have access to the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is what makes all the difference. Jesus made a way of escape from our flesh and our carnality through the Holy Ghost that we will live a life of victory and spiritual growth. And this is where the death, burial, and resurrection come in. We die out to that old man. We die out to our sin through repentance, through turning our back on the things that we used to do, the things that we fulfilled in our flesh, the desires we fulfilled in our flesh. When we followed off after everything that feels good and what my heart wants to do, we, we don't do that no more. We repent. We turn our back on that. And we start walking towards God. We die out. And then we get buried in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus, to remove all that sin and all that filth from our lives. Because we, we all have sin. All of us have sin because of Adam and Eve and their fall. Now we all have sin that we, we deal with and we must get it remitted. We must get it removed. And the way we do that is by baptism. Going down in the waters of baptism. And then we rise up to walk in newness of life. We rise up to walk in the Holy Ghost. And this is the power Jesus mentions to his disciples in Acts 1.8 when he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. See, it's power that we've overcome this, overcome the sin and we've overcome that old man in us. But it's not a one-time deal. When we, when we initially receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues, as the Bible lets us know in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, that's just the beginning. It's, it's the beginning of the war. Welcome to the war. Welcome to battle. It's not the end. It's the beginning. And it's, it, it, it's God gives us his spirit so we can be holy for he is holy, to give us strength. For Paul says in Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For ye are not under the law, but under grace. We're not under that law because it was weak through our flesh. Now there's a new, the death, the burial, and resurrection. And then we shall, the sin will not have dominion over us if we apply that to our lives and if we consistently stay in that realm of the Holy Ghost. Sin shall not and will not have dominion over us. The only way we are going to overcome our flesh is through the power of the Holy Ghost. Is through the power of the Holy Ghost. And Paul is very, very uh, transparent with that in scriptures in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 6, and throughout the other uh, epistles, uh, Paul lets us know that it's our flesh and the Spirit of God. That's the war we fight every day. And I will say this about surrender we cannot receive the Holy Ghost without surrendering to God. You can't. So because when we, and I will, but I will say this. It's a lot of, that, that doesn't mean it's easy to surrender, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, just surrender and receive the Holy Ghost. It's, it's not that easy, right? We, and why? Because we have our flesh. We have history. We have trauma. We have our past. We have all these things we deal with. But when we start surrendering to God 
And he slowly starts to remove that out of us. And sometimes the way he's going to remove it out of us is by taking us through the wilderness, refining us, showing us things inside of us. Then we allow God to come inside of us. We surrender more to him. So if we want to overcome our flesh, we must surrender daily. And Jesus lets us know that in Luke 9, 23. And it said he to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now this is impossible to do without the power of the Holy Ghost because we cannot overcome our flesh without the Spirit of God. We need something more powerful than our flesh to overcome the flesh. And that is the Holy Ghost. When we receive the Holy Ghost, it's just not a one-time deal. And I think a lot of us know that here. But we must continually be filled with his spirit. And I would say this, that every single day you are filled with his spirit. Because every day we're not praying and every day we're not being filled with his spirit. I'm just feeding that flesh more and more and more. If I'm only speaking in tongues and if I'm only praying on the church days, then I'm allowing and giving opportunity to my flesh to grow. And that might be some of our problem also, is that we're just, we, we don't feed the Spirit of God enough. We have to learn to feed the Spirit of God through fellowship, through listening to messages, coming to church, reading the Word, devotions, things like that all feeds the spirit. You know, me going on my phone doesn't feed the spirit. It feeds the flesh. Me doing the things that I, I want to do feeds the flesh, not the spirit. And pretty soon, though, if you, if you continually to feed the spirit, God will give you a desire to want to do the things of God. So I'm going to close with this. Uh, when we're fighting this battle, there's three different things that we'll end up doing. There's three battle plans that we will revert to. And the first one is this. When we're warring in the flesh against the spirit, this is the first one is we will ignore it. We try to ignore it. Many people will just simply ignore this reality and think everything is going to be okay. And I've been there. I, I, I ignored it. And I, at the time, I was very ignorant. I wasn't spiritual, and I thought I was just going nuts. And, and I was living in the world, and I was fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And I, I, was, I was doing things I was not supposed to be and I should not be doing. And I did not know that it was a spirit of God convicting me and working on me. I had to step out in faith, and I had to take some advice from some spiritual people to recognize that, hey, God's trying to do something in my life. So I just ignored it and ignored it and ignored it. The second thing we'll do is we'll fight it. We'll fight it with everything that we have, and I'm guilty of that also. We live in a land where we can do anything if we try hard enough. We can pretty much get anything we want if we work hard enough. And many of us feel sometimes that if we try hard enough to be a Christian, then we can win the war inside. But the reality is, is when we surrender to God is when we start to win that war with our flesh. 
No matter how much willpower we possess, we do not have enough power in ourselves to win the war inside. It must come from God in his spirit, the Holy Ghost. And the last, the third thing is the one we want to do, and it is surrender. The way we win the war inside is to surrender. Uh, we don't surrender to the law of sin, but we surrender to Jesus Christ. We surrender to Jesus, and we give him everything. We try to give him everything, I should say, because sometimes that, that's a process to give him everything. We just say, God, here I am, and I will surrender everything I can right now. And then God will work out the rest if we continue to seek him. Let's stand. If the musicians would come, we're going to have an altar call. Um, Danny is going to get baptized tonight, or Tom's wife. Danny is wanting to get baptized tonight. So we're going to have an altar call. And if, if we can just come to the altar and we can just search our heart. And if there's been anything that you've been struggling with, anything that maybe you've been feeding your flesh and God's been dealing with you on it and you know you really haven't been listening, it's not, it might not even be sin. It might just be a weight that's holding you down. I invite you to these altars. Or maybe there is something in your life that you know you need to stop doing, and it is sin, but you don't think you can do it. I'm here to tell you that God is here, and he will help you if you step out in faith. Why don't we all come, come to the altar, and worship God in Jesus' name. God, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. down into darkness.